This is the Squared Ham Podcast. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the host and guests and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with in their professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions expressed are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, fraternity, business, company, or a specific individual. Now, on to the show. Morning, morning time. I am Mike Schaefer, and welcome to the Squared Ham. It is Thursday, August 27th, 2020. This is episode 14, Teen Social Media. We interrupt this podcast to insert a disclaimer. While 99% of my podcasts are appropriate for listeners of all ages, today's podcast is in the other 1%. Today I will be commenting on topics that might not be suitable for young children. Parents, you have been cautioned. Use your own discretion. Thank you. There is no doubt that social media, podcasting, and other digital forms of social interaction are an integral part of how we interact today. I have mentioned social media several times before on this podcast. I myself am probably guilty of spending too much time on social media. Social media is not bound by race, creed, socioeconomic status, or age. My own mother uses social media to connect with her friends and virtually attend her church meetings. But at what age do we allow our children to establish an internet presence and become active on social media? With COVID-19 shutting down schools, students of all ages are forced to use computers for e-learning. Many are becoming more active on social media as they are not able to physically interact with their friends. Therefore, they are turning to digital interaction. Is this a good thing? And what are the dangers? Today, children use social media to have fun, make and maintain friendships, share interests, explore identities, and develop relationships with family. It's an extension of their face-to-face interactions. Exploring and experimenting on social media can help your child build knowledge and skills. Heck, they can ask Google anything and they will find the answer. It's a library of knowledge at their fingertips. Children can use social media to share educational content, either informally or in formal school settings as we're doing now, right? Children can be creative with their profile pages, photos, video, and modification for games. They love creating their own custom avatars. These little figures, you know, they look just like them. Same color hair, same body style, their favorite clothes. They love making avatars in their games. It can be good for their mental health and well-being. It allows them to connect with extended family and friends. Social media can also pose a risk for children. These risks include being exposed to inappropriate or upsetting content like mean, aggressive, violent, or sexual comments or images. In short, it's bullying. When we grew up, if someone had to deal with bullying in school, it generally ended when they got off the bus and they left school, you know, and they got home. Their home was a sanctuary away from school and the bully. With social media, the children today just can't get away. It's there with them. It's everywhere where they go. It's online. There is no sanctuary anymore for those being bullied. 
Your child could be pressured into uploading in inappropriate content. Things like photos, videos, we've all heard of sexting. You know, children are pressured into doing this. They could unknowingly share personal information with strangers. For example, phone numbers, date of birth, location, seeing these quizzes, take this quiz, what is your favorite this, that, and all this stuff. And as you list it and you look at those questions, they really are just security questions for, for different media sites. So stop doing those quizzes, folks. Stop giving your information out. Children giving this information, it's making them an easy target for predators. They could also be exposed to too much targeted advertising and marketing. Being exposed to too much target advertising and marketing really is one of the things that kind of caught my attention when I looked at this and um, delve into a little bit, and we will a little bit further in the, in the show here, but we'll talk about that some more. But you got to keep in mind that your children use social media to develop their identity, both who they think they are and more of, really, who they want to be when they're an adult. The problem is, social media rewards something that adolescent girls have long been primed to value. Looking good, right? Everybody wants to look hot. Everybody wants to look good. With a simple tap, our daughters can offer themselves up to social media in exchange for attention and validation from their others on their beauty. They can count the likes on their photos, tallying up their self-worth. It's sort of like a, like a social, social currency, if you would. Now, two of my daughters haven't been down to visit us in years. Um, the last time they were down, they were here, and it was probably, oh, boy, they were in their early teens. Their mother, my ex, gave them cell phones at an early age. And I remember all day, all night, those girls were glued to those phones for hours. So I finally just had enough, you know, and, and I took their phones away from them for a while. Not because they were being punished, not because they did anything wrong, you know, they weren't in trouble. I just wanted them to sit and spend some time with the family. Spend time with people in the real world, you know, away from your phone. Boy, oh boy, if you could have seen their faces. If looks could have killed, I wouldn't be here today. At one point, they had tears in their faces and were so upset that I just wouldn't let them use their phones. They were crying, literally crying because I took their phones away from them. Well, after the crying subsided and we spent some quality time together, gave them their phones back. You should have seen them. They were like a pack of hyenas pouncing on prey. Their fingers were frantically flying faster than lightning over their keyboards. Amazed and confused by this behavior, I asked my youngest daughter, What's so important on your phone? And she replied, Getting my likes in. Getting your likes in? What the heck does that even mean? I don't, you know, what does it mean getting your likes in? I've never heard of this. So, so I've asked her, and she explained to me that she had to hit like on her friend's Instagram photos, else her friends would be mad at her, and they in turn would stop liking her posts. Bam! I understood. The light came on. I get it. Dad understands. It all made sense to me. Remember I said a little while ago that the likes they get on their social media is a social currency to them. My daughters felt devalued because they didn't get the social media validation they had been accustomed to receiving from their friends. It's like a drug addict that needed the social media likes to function. Like an addiction. So let's go back to this being exposed to too much targeted advertising and marketing. I said we'd come back to it and we're at it now. So while children are using these, these free social apps 
they're exposed to advertising. Remember, nothing's ever free. It's going to cost us something, somehow, some way. That's just the way life is, right? Nothing's free. So social media sites are the same way. They make their money by exposing its users to ads. So these ads are often customized to the end user by age, gender, or whatever personal information they can find out about us. You know, you ever go to Facebook and or one of those social media sites and you're like, boy, I got this stuff I was just looking at on this other site. Now they're showing it to me here. Well, you know, it's because they're tracking you and they're seeing what you do and click and following all that. And that's how they make money by selling those ads. Have you ever looked at these ads that your children are exposed to while they use social media? You know, their ads are going to be different than yours. Remember, their experience is being tailored to them. You know, have you ever looked at those ads on their social media? Many of the ads are over-sexualizing children. According to the American Psychological Association, APA, sexualization occurs when a person's value comes from his or her sexual appeal or behavior to the exclusion of other characteristics. Let's read that again. A person's value comes from his or her sexual appeal or behavior to the exclusion of other characteristics. So these ads are teaching our children that it's more important to be pretty than smart. It's better to be slutty than wholesome. You have to look good to land a man, more especially a good man. You know, it's just ridiculous. Some of these ads portray pre-adolescent girls as heavily made up, sophisticated femme fatales. There's this clothing lines, you know, including thong underwear, marketed for preschoolers and elementary school kids that feature these printed slogans like eye candy or wink wink. Now, are you kidding me? What is this crap? Preschool? They're dolls, they're toys. There's, you know, there's fashion dolls out there for six-year-old girls. When you read the box in the ages, six-year-old girls. And they've got sexualized clothing on them. They got fishnet stockings. Why does a six-year-old girl need to be playing with fishnet stockings? Then there's these beauty pageants for little girls. These girls are just completely made up with heavy, heavy, heavy mascara. High heels. I'm talking hooker heels, not little heels. Hooker heels. And bathing suits. Now, I'm not bashing beauty pageants for kids. But the bathing suit thing, you know, it's a bit creepy. You gotta admit. And then there's the music, the videos, there's pornography. There's all these things that feature young women dressed to resemble little girls. And so you see these 18, 19, 20-year-old college girls dressing down to be young kids, right? And then conversely, you're seeing all these young artists dressed like, you know, promiscuous adults. They're trying to dress 10 times, 15 years. You know, they're, they're senior, they're older than that. And, and the list goes on and on, but I got to stop. You know, I feel my blood pressure rising. I'm trying my best to avoid having to take medication on a full-time basis. You know, just breathe, right? <laughs> Folks, shouldn't we be worried that girls will learn to view themselves only as sex objects? Or that girls will develop anxieties when they fail to meet these delusional standards of beauty that's being set by the media? You know, I'm also concerned about the effects on the population at large. Do these media images of sexualized girls change the way adults view children? Are people liable to judge children as more sophisticated than they really are? 
Is society more likely to believe that young girls are willing participants in sexual activity? Yes, I'm talking pedophilia. The horrid, disgusting crime that it is. It is not a sexual preference, despite what the wackos are trying to suggest. First, they categorized 30-plus genders in addition to the two, male and female, that we knew. And now they are trying to include pedophilia into it as well. I don't understand the gender dysphoria diagnosis. I'm not a psychologist. I don't understand the 30-plus genders that exist. I understand Genesis 5-2, which says, Male and female created he them. That's it. That's as much as I understand. If you understand the 30 other genders, that's cool. You do you. I won't stop being your friend for it. But I will never, ever, fucking ever agree with you that pedophilia is a sexual orientation fitting into one of the 30 plus genders. Get the hell out of here with that bullshit. It's a crime deserving of the death penalty. End of story. The minute you support crimes against children, you and I are going to have serious problems. Period. Hooey. There goes my blood pressure again. Bear with me a minute as I read a few things I found while researching. The United States, along with Mexico and the Philippines, was ranked one of the world's worst places for human trafficking in 2018. In the U.S., there is no official number of human trafficking victims, but estimates place it in the hundreds of thousands. Let me say that again. Hundreds of thousands. In the U.S., Alone, the human trafficking hotline receives an average of 150 calls per day. Per day. Children are more vulnerable than adults. They're easier to control, cheaper, and less likely to demand, you know, reasonable working conditions. More than 300,000 young people in the U.S. are considered at risk of sexual exploitation. Right now, as of today, the 27th of August, the U.S. has had about 180,000 COVID-19 deaths. Human trafficking is in the hundreds of thousands. Why isn't this all over the national news and receiving attention equal to or greater than COVID-19? The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children reports that children raised in foster care have a greater chance of becoming victims. In 2013, 60% of the child victims that FBI recovered were from foster care. In 2017, 14% of the children reported missing were likely victims of sex trafficking. 88% of those had been in child welfare. Now folks, this doesn't mean that it only affects those in foster care. It just means they have a higher chance of being victimized. I recently read an article online that hit home a bit, as the victim was someone from my hometown. Much, much younger than me. I, I, I don't know her personally. But we grew up in the small, same small, know-nothing town in Pennsylvania. We attended the same high school. Her own father, a little league coach, and mother were exploiting her. They would take her to public places, the mall, Hershey Park, and, and places like that, where they would drop her off and she would leave with a strange man. This stuff's real, folks. It's happening everywhere, not just in the news. Not just on St. James Island or Epstein Island or Island of Sin, Pedophilia Island, Orgy Island, Little St. Jeff's, or whatever the media is calling that place this week. Pedophilia and sexual exploitation of our children is everywhere. It's in the Caribbean, it's in your small know-nothing town, and it's online in the cyber world. Parents, 
Do you monitor your child's social media account? Do you set rules on what they can post? Some parents don't. I've seen young teens post several provocative photos online. I'm not talking ridiculous duck face photos. I'm talking bikini shots and lots of them. And not just random beach photos, you know, where you're sitting there, family and kids are in, are in swimsuits. These particular photos I saw appear to mimic that of, a, that of a modeling shoot. I don't know what's going on in that cranial matter of the adult that is supposed to be protecting and caring for those children. Who, in their right mind, would condone this perverse sexualization of children? It's disgusting and quite honestly unbelievable. I, who does this? One of the Masonic activities that I hold dear to my heart is the CHIP program. CHIP is not implants. It's not that what, you know, it's, it's an acronym and it stands for Child Identification Program. Now, I've mentioned this program before on a previous podcast, but those of you who have forgotten or didn't listen to that episode, CHIP is a free program put on by many Masonic organizations. Men volunteer their time to go to schools, social gatherings, festivals, carnivals, you know, etc. Wherever there is a place, a public gathering, a lot of times they'll go to this location with computers, fingerprint equipment, um, DNA swabs for the parents. And how it works is, is the parents come, it's free, they sit down in a chair with their child, and they fill out a questionnaire, age of child, height of child, you know, wait, that's all done, we have that to... to at the height and weight of them, but we fill out some personal information on the child, plug it into the computer, we take photos right, front, left, back, etc., we get voice profile of the child, um, we get fingerprints, and we put all this stuff on a CD. We burn the CD, give the CD to the parents. We also print this information out on a, on a form that they can file and additionally on that form it has some wallet-sized information cards, I guess you could call them, that the parents can carry as well. The DNA swabs, the parents can then go home and swab the child's mouth and put it away in the drawer and, and it's away. When the parents and children get up, we hit a button for the next person and it deletes all that information. The Masons don't keep any of this information. It's only for the parents. And we give it to them hoping they never need it. But if they do, and their child goes missing, and the officer shows up at the door, all they got to do is hand that paper or hand that CD to the officer. The officer can stick it in his computer, upload it. He's got a current picture, fingerprints, voice profile, and DNA. So it's a good thing for these children. And that's one of the things I do to try to maybe be a small part and hope, hope it never, never had to do it, right? Never had to be used. All children were safe. But by the same token, if the parents need it, they have it. So what can you do to help? As parents, please be involved in your child's social media presence. Talk with them about the benefits of social media when used properly, but then hammer home the dangers of it as well. We all love our children. We want what's best for them. It's our job to keep them safe. If you or someone you know is a victim of human trafficking, call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888. That number, 888-373-7888. That's the show for today. 
I'd love to hear from you and hear what your thoughts and comments are on today's show. Or if there's a topic that I have not covered and you would like me to, please let me know. Comments can be emailed to thesquaredham at gmail.com. Again, that's thesquaredham at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, you can spend your time searching for light or you can become the light.